0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus, age varies by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash B Ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. Please like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the big blue view radio network all right as we wait for saturday's giants jets preseason finale thought we would uh talk about uh, a few of the roster issues a few of the things going on with the giants and here to help me do that today is patricia Trina of locked on giants and giants country a good friend of a uh, big blue view patty Thanks for uh, for hopping on, and as always, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Ed. Always good to be with you.
1: Look at that—we're even acting like friends.
2: <laughs> We're not. did, somebody, did I knock get the memo?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. See, <laughs> see, it's just it—it's it, just a matter of when the back and forth starts. You know, <laughs> it's, it'll start. It'll start eventually. Start, yeah. It always—it always, it always <laughs> does. All right, Patty. Back in the day. When you were at inside football all the time and you weren't such a big superstar (laughs) going around, going around, going around, going (laughs) around, calling yourself P train and all that, you know, back in the day, we used to do a thing called the Friday five. And since this is our Friday show, and I kind of like to do this when I have you on for Friday's. I'm going to kind of frame our our discussion today in in terms of of five questions, which I'm sure is going to branch off in in other directions because you and I can't help ourselves and it always does. So, right. <laughs> so oh, I got you shaking your head. We're we're not even two minutes in, and I got you I shaking your started.
2: head. It's the gun. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and I did it. I, and I started it. And I'll take the blame for it. It's my show, and I'll start whatever I want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All
1: right. So, Patty, we have to start <coughs> with Thursday's news: Giants trade for former Arizona Cardinals, linebacker, edge, slot corner, whatever, defensive, whatever you want to call him, Isaiah Simmons, former number eight overall pick. And it's really a twofold question. Your thoughts on the trade and your thoughts on how it impacts the construction of the 53-man roster.
2: Well, I think we've got to call him positionless Isaiah Simmons because he can do so much. And to call him a linebacker or a safety or an edge rusher or whatever, I don't think that does him any justice. All right. I absolutely love this trade. Um, Isaiah Simmons was a guy that I know a lot of people, myself included, wouldn't have mind the Giants taking back in uh, 2020. They, of course, got Andrew Thomas. I don't, you know, hate that move. Obviously, I don't think anybody hates that move. And, you know, it took a little while, but the Giants ultimately got themselves two guys in the top 10 in that draft class. Um, Isaiah Simmons, you know, a lot of people on my Twitter timeline were like, why did they trade for him? The Cardinals might have just cut him anyhow why not just wait till he's cut? Why give up a trade asset? Folks, the Giants are 25th right now in the waiver wire order. Joe Shane is not sitting on his hands saying, gosh, I hope if the Cardinals cut Isaiah Simmons, he's going to fault to me at 25 where I have a waiver claim in for him. It's not how it works. It's not how smart GMs build roster teams. So Joe Shane being aggressive, you know, seventh round pick for, for a former top eight pick. That's a pretty good value. And remember, Simmons is in the final year of his rookie deal. He's not going to cost them a lot. I think his cap hit is going to be something like $1.01 million. Um, And this is a guy who can play multiple positions. So now you have shored up the inside linebacker group. You've shored up the outside linebacker group. You've given Wink Martindale another option in the slot. You know, I see Isaiah Simmons playing that Tony Jefferson role that Jefferson played for Wink Martindale in Baltimore, that the Giants tried to get with Landon Collins last year. You know, that hybrid safety linebacker role. And I absolutely love this move by the Giants and Joe Shane.
1: Yeah, it's just it it makes so much sense for a defensive coordinator who always talks about positionless defense, always talks about wanting to move guys around. He's always looking for matchups. And the other thing about it, Patty, is Isaiah Simmons, the way I look at it, he's a former eighth overall pick. He doesn't have to play like a top 10 pick to be a real good addition for the Giants. He, He needs to be better than Landon Collins and Tony Jefferson were last year. He needs to be better than... O'Shane Zimenez might be if you put him out there on the edge. He needs to be better than Cam Brown or Carter Coughlin. You know, if he's if he's lined up inside, he doesn't need to be an all pro. He just needs to be a good, solid, athletic player.
2: Yeah, he just needs to be a part of that defense. You know, Wink is going to mix things up. He's going to have him play multiple positions and multiple personnel packages. And you're right. You know, very few teams. You can make the case, you know, with a superstar, a true superstar can, can be successful. You look at what the Giants are doing here, though. You know, they've got some star power in Dexter Lawrence, Bobby O'Carriquet, Leonard Williams. Um, you know, now you add Isaiah Simmons, who's who, you know, I think was misused a lot down in Arizona, but ha- who has that potential. You have significantly upgraded this defense, you know, and then the back end of the defense where I'm sure we'll talk about a, a little later, but you know, you've got some solid depth back there and this defense, I think we can all agree is much, much improved over last year's version.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, this is just another chess piece for Wink Martindale, and it's going to be fun to see how he, uh, how he integrates Simmons into, uh, into his defense. Patty, let's, Let's move on to another decision that the Giants have to have to make. And this one, you know, we talk about wide receiver and everybody knows that that there's a lot of competition at wide receiver. And, and my question for you comes down to this. When the Giants get to Dallas on or when they get to the Dallas game week 1, is Sterling Shepard part of the roster or not?
2: I think he is. I think he is. Um, They like him. Uh, Now, here's my one question, though. What is going to happen with Wandale Robinson? Because I think if Wandale Robinson comes off a pup before the roster cuts have to be made, now you can't keep Cole Beasley and Sterling Shepard. I think you've got to choose one or the other. Cole Beasley, obviously, he was with Dable up in Buffalo, loves him, but they also love Shep. And I would think, you know, with Shep, he's been practicing on and off, still working his way back from that, you know, ACL injury that he had. Um, But I do think that if Wandale Robinson stays on PUP, that Shep will be on the roster for the Dallas game. Now we might see him as part of a procedural move. If the giants need to clear a roster spot to carry a guy that maybe they want to move to IR. So they might say to Shep, okay, you know what? We're going to have to cut you, but don't worry. We're going to bring you back. Once we get the roster spot back after moving, you know, these guys to IR. But I do think they want to give Shep every opportunity to finish his career as a giant on his terms, as opposed to just, casting him aside and, and saying, that's it, dude, we're, we're going in a different direction.
1: Yeah. He's been a good giant for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he earned, he earned an opportunity last year, just by the way that he interacted and the way that he helped this team and this organization, even after being injured, he, he earned the right to come back. He didn't, earned the right to be gifted a roster spot but he certainly earned the right to compete for one
2: yeah absolutely and and you know they're letting him do that you know and 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 he's been working hard at it he knows that it's not a given he's 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 very much aware of the fact that he's got to earn his keep and really that's all you know if you're a player that's all you can ask for is a fair opportunity to earn it and if you don't get it well at least you know you tried and, and you you know that the decision for a while was in your your control but uh i i don't hate what the giants are doing with him you know i think you know would they like to have him on the roster yes but they also have to take into consideration you know he doesn't play special teams you know they've got some guys that are going to probably play in front of him you know i think we could all agree that slayton and hodgins and paris campbell and maybe even jay but jaylen hyatt are all going to probably be in line for snaps ahead of Sterling Shepard. So I could see where you could make a case that maybe he doesn't make the roster, but I do think they're going to, you know, consider carrying him, you know, if if for no other reason for, for, for like part of the season until such time, if God forbid, you know, they find a little nick or bump that necessitates, you know, putting him on IR or something.
1: You know, Patty, as an aside, before I get to my next question, you mentioned Shep and special teams and Thomas McGee, he was asked the other day about veteran players who haven't played special teams before, you know, playing special teams late in their career. And he said, it's very rare because it's a skill set. It's, you can't just raise your hand and say, I'll play and go out there and do it. It's a skill set like anything else I had a long conversation the other day with uh, with Jaden Mickens who's done special teams in the NFL for a long time probably isn't going to make this roster but we still had a nice conversation about what it takes to play special teams and it's a skill it's learned it takes certain abilities and you have to it's something you have to learn how to do it's not something you can just pick up you know when you've been in the league for eight years and, you, and and your body's all banged up and you maybe don't run as well as you used to and and, and things like that. But I don't know. I, I I I do think. I mean, you like me think that that special teams is going to determine so many of these roster spots.
2: Oh, absolutely, they always do. They always do. And, and, you know, that's a good point at this point in his career. I don't expect Shepard to suddenly show up on special teams. I just don't, I don't think it would be a good use of his, you know, skill set. you know, and, and he had, you know, let's call it for what it is. He's been beaten up a little bit here. He's coming off of two major, you know, lower body injuries. So he doesn't maybe run as well as he did when he was younger. But, you know, that's why I, I wonder, you know, if it comes down to between him and and Beasley, does he get the nod over Beasley that, you know, but it, it, it's a toss up, you know, Beasley, he's, he's shown that he can be very good, but he's had some injuries that have, you know, affected him. And he's also a guy who, remember, he was all set to retire. He was actually retired. And then the Giants came calling and he came out of retirement. So I. For me, and maybe this is just, you know, because I like so because I think so highly of Shep, and it's nothing against Beasley, but I would give the nod to Shep for for, you know, all he's done. You know, we talk about loyalty. You know, people were talking about loyalty with Saquon and oh, where's the giant's loyalty to him? What about loyalty to Shepard if you're gonna make that same argument?
1: I, I hear you. It's it's so hard because when you make these decisions, you and I can afford to be sentimental. Yeah, you and I can afford to to look at it that way, but you know, NFL general managers, NFL head coaches can't be sentimental about it. Like we know Brian Dable, for example, has a long relationship with Cole Beasley, but he's got to be able to look at Cole Beasley and and honestly analyze whether Beasley should make this roster or not. And the same with the Giants and with the same with Shepard. I mean, they they understand what he's meant to the franchise, but they have to be able to honestly evaluate whether he can help them or not.
2: And if he and if he can, as a player, then maybe there's a front office role for him.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Or a behind
2: the scenes role for him. Shepard will be a part of this team one way or another. That I am certain. It's just a matter of, will it be on the field or off the field?
1: Absolutely. Patty, let's talk about the offensive line. And I don't necessarily want to talk about the merry-go-round that's been going on at guard. I don't really want to talk about Evan Neal because we've, you know, we've all talked about that a lot. And between Mark Lewinsky, Ben Bredesen, and Josh Azudu, the Giants will figure out the guard spot. And I don't, I think no matter what the combination is, they'll be okay. Um, what I really want to talk about is beyond the six players that you would nominally call starters because you've got Gluinski, Bredesen, and Azudu, you know, at the guard spots. Who do you think get the remaining backup spots? I let you know, I'm assuming that there's nine guys, nine offensive linemen make the roster. Who do you think get the other three backup spots?
2: What, Ed, are you cheating? You asking me for my picks that I'm going to unveil on Friday?
1: Well, let's Uh, let's let all right. You're fair point, point. folks. A little
2: bit of background. If you didn't see my show, which is running on Saturday, Ed razzed me about about the same thing. Fair point. Turn around is fair fair play, right? Yes,
1: it is. So let's let's (laughs) change that question to.
2: I was going to answer specific, it for you, but you know. no.
1: Let's 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 change that question because because now I've decided I don't want to know.
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> See, I'm going to be that way. Oh,
2: you know, okay, what be I, that
1: what, way. <laughs> what I do want to know is Marcus McKethan, second you know second year player missed last year with the torn ACL, fifth round pick, big strong guy with potential to be you know a possibility as as a guard for the Giants down the line. Do they dare risk trying to slide him to the practice squad and exposing him to waivers? You-,
2: you know what? There's not a whole lot of tape on him at the NFL level. I could see them trying because realistically speaking, how much do you think he's gonna give them this year if he makes the 53? And he came off a pup late. So he's still very much like a rookie, even though this is his second year. Probably needs some development with his technique. I think it might not be a, a bad risk to take because if, you, if you're if you looking for a guard tackle backup, you got Tyree Phillips who could probably fill that role for you. So I would not be stunned if the Giants do that. Will they do it? I don't. I don't know. I, I I I can make a case for and a case against it. I think it does make sense to to move McCaffin to the practice squad if you can, but uh, that's a tough call. That really is.
1: Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. That for me is the is the one that is the the most interesting roster decision on the offensive line. All right, let me ask you. Uh, Pretty much the same question I asked you about Sterling Shepard. We've spent so much time in the offseason talking about Darnay Holmes at Mm -hmm. cornerback. Is Darnay Holmes part of the Giants roster in 2023 or not? I say no.
2: I say no as well. I've been saying no from the get-go. Look, Darnay Holmes, we know he's got a $2.7 cap hit. But as we learned last year with, with Darius Slayton, they could always go to, go to him if he's a part of the future and say, hey, we need you to take a pay cut. That being said, Darnay Holmes has had plenty of opportunity to nail down that slot cornerback job, and he hasn't really done that. At least to my eyes, he hasn't. He's gotten beat by third and, and, and fourth string receivers. Um, he's been very inconsistent. Um, doesn't really give them much on special teams. That's a big cap number to carry for a guy who now is is, is probably, you know, if you kept them, he's probably going to be a part-time player for you. So I don't think that is going to happen. I think also the uh, the acquisition of Isaiah Simmons who can play in the slot pretty much seals Darnay Holmes' fate.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And the, the other thing, that I think, Patty, we saw the Giants work out William Jackson the Third the other day. I don't look at the rest of the roster, Amani Oruwarie and Zion Gilbert and Darren Evans and Jamon Green and you or me or whoever the heck else has been working out at cornerback for the Giants. I don't look at those guys as saying, well, they'll take Darnay Holmes' roster spot. I still think that's a spot where the Giants, once cuts are made, are going to be looking at the waiver wire, looking at free agency, and looking to find this year's Fabian Moreau, this year's veteran who can come in and 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 help yeah. them if they need.
2: Yeah. And because the Giants are are so down, you know, so far down on the waiver wire, they're going to be twenty-fifth for I think the first three weeks of the season. If they don't get their guy, well, now they've done their due diligence on William Jackson. And assuming mm-hmm. William Jackson doesn't sign anywhere else, okay. You know what? We didn't get the cornerback. The we put a waiver wire a waiver claim on. We're going to sign Jackson if he's still out there. So that's why the Giants do this, I think. They, you know, they they develop this short list of players at different positions if there's an injury involved, or if they're not going to get the guys that they want on the waiver wire that they think will be there. They have a plan B, and that's what's so good about this team, this this management. You know, they have a plan A, B, C and D, and all the plans are just about as good as, you know, the plans in front of them.
1: You know, as I I did a, a show the other day and and the point that I made was this is not the same old Giants organization. Ooh. It's so different. We heard from Brandon Brown, assistant GM, mm-hmm. the other day. and. The most fascinating thing about listening to brandon brown speak is that brandon gives us insight into the giants process he gave us insight in, back in june into how they how they settled on deontay banks mm-hmm. he gave us a lot of insight the other day into how the giants found trey hawkins and how they found jordan riley and all of the people who played a role in that and the process that they went through to get to know these players i mean jordan riley i think i mentioned to you the other day when we were at practice nfl mock draft database had jordan riley listed somewhere as like the 570th prospect on the on their draft board nobody else was going to draft jordan riley but it's mm-hmm. just it's fascinating the process that the Giants go through. It's fascinating to listen to to how much they're on the same page from the GM to the coaching staff to the front office to the scouting staff, how they know exactly what they want at each position and what they want in terms of people and, and how they work together to go find it.
2: Yeah, that synergy is so important. And we saw in past regimes in past years, it wasn't always there. It was, okay, this is what the GM wants, but maybe it's not what the head coach wants or what the offensive coordinator wants or what the defensive coordinator wants. And that's where you start to have fractures in your franchise. And that's why the team loses. So when you have everybody on the same page and everybody uh, thinks that, you know, things the same way and, and, um, they work with that synergy. Guess what? That's how you win games. You know, you look at some of the successful teams in the NFL, the Kansas cities, the Philadelphias, the Frisco's. This is how you build winners, folks. It's not hard. It's just being on the same page and, you know, not having egos, not saying, okay, my opinion is better than yours because I did more scouting work on this guy or anything like that. No, you work together, you know, you have the coaches go to the head coach. This is what I want to do, and this is the type of player I want that gets escalated up to the to the GM. the GM tells the scouts look be on the lookout for this type of player. bang bang, boom, now you got the guy that you want, and guess what you can win
1: absolutely. and I was fascinated the other day also listening to Brandon Brown explain how the front office, the pro personnel department has an NFL draft style big board built when it comes to guys that they think might come free here in the next couple of days and you know that they've got they've got comparisons to which players they think are upgrades to the guys that they have it's not oh my goodness this guy came free let's grab that guy they have mm-hmm. already done exhaustive work on guys that they might potentially be interested in when they come free. And again, that's okay. how you get that's how you get successful waiver claims like Jason Pinnock that the Giants mm-hmm. had a year ago.
2: And I and I have an expression, I use it all the time. You snooze, you lose. So it is important to stay ahead of what might happen. So even if you know, let's using Jason Pinnock, even if the Jets hadn't cut him, well, you know, maybe you thought the Jets were going to cut him out and they didn't, but you know, what? you do your homework on him to where you can say, okay, you know, while the other people might be trying to figure out if he's a pick, you know, a right pick for him, for them. Now you've done your homework and you can pounce, you know, you right. We already know. Lose. Yeah. We you already know.
1: You lose. All right, Patty, last thing for you today. We're, we're looking at giants jets on Saturday night. Give me a player. Or two for you, who have the most to lose or the most to gain on Saturday night. I know there's a lot of different mm. bubble guys, but just give me one or two who you think have the most to lose or gain Saturday night.
2: The most to lose, I'm going to say Tamon. Well, I'm going to give you two at, at this position: Tamon Fox and O'Shane Zimenez, because. The addition of Isaiah Simmons, I think is going to knock one or both of those guys off the roster, depending on, you know, where you, you plug Simmons in. And I think you plug him in at linebacker. You know, I think he's got to fall in that group. You can't put him in at safety or anything like that. So those two guys, I think, you know, are, are, are gonna, are, are gonna be, um, guys to watch. And let me see, I had another one that I was thinking of and, uh, All right, I said Ziminez. I wonder if Darian Beavers might get knocked to the practice squad. Um, Beavers, you know, I go back to what Wink Martindale has said about this basically being like his rookie season again and how Micah McFadden was ahead of him. Um, I think the linebackers, if if you put, again, with the Simmons added there, now do you maybe keep three inside linebackers knowing that Simmons can give you snaps in the box like that? Um, I think Cam Brown is going to have a lot to lose. You know, he's a guy who can't get them snaps on, on, uh, defense, you know, and, you know, he's even as a special teams player, but he's a good special teams player, but I'm not so sure he makes the roster. Um, I'm just trying to think now who's got the most to win. I'm going to say maybe. Uh, Matt Parrot can solidify a roster spot because the Jets are playing their starters. So um, I want to see good performance from the from the offensive tackles, of which I expect Matt Parrot to be one of the starters. Um, I think, in terms of receivers, Bryce Ford Wheaton can nail down a spot with a solid showing on offense and special teams. I think just Sean Corbin can maybe win that fourth running back spot of the Giants go with four ahead of James Robinson and Gary Brightwell. So yeah, that would be probably my my short list.
1: All right, Patty, I think that's that's a good place for us to to wrap it up. Thank you as always for uh for, for hopping on for for putting up with my nonsense for a little <laughs> while.
2: <laughs> like I've been doing for how many years now?
1: Oh Patty, too many, probably too many. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. And Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.